Big week in Iowa sports. Uh, Proctor just flipped. We have a great interview today, though, with Deuce. Um, he was another guy who transferred. But there's uh, we we got to give our take at least on flipping, like transferring in out, or even flipping on recruits because there is so much debate going on on Twitter, and I feel like you know we can give our two cents on this. Here's my two cents on it. I don't have a whole lot to say. This is also this is like one of the reasons why I wasn't a huge fan of the old NIL thing. And I think they do need to cap it. Um, like back in the day, before back in the day, meaning like two years ago, like people didn't flip because of the money. Like a lot of kids were getting, like I'm sure kids got, I mean, obviously kids got money under the table. Um, but like it's pretty, it, it would be too obvious though if you like flipped for no reason, like obviously other schools are probably giving you more money, but like it used to be if a coach recruited you at a school and you committed because of him, she loved him. And then he left, mm -hmm. kids would probably follow the coach, go somewhere, flip there. Or if they just, they, I mean, I, like they accept it on the spot and they go and visit it and they just don't like it. They flip because of that, but there's too many kids nowadays who are high schoolers making money moves, making money decisions as a 18 year old, like you got a lot of time in your life to make money. And obviously these kids are gonna make a lot of money. And if they're making that much money out of high school, they're gonna be making much more going in the NFL if they make it. So the fact that you are making a decision to spend your next four or five years at a school, because some schools offering you cash, a shit ton of cash, like, it's just not college football anymore. That's 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 my take. I don't think it's college football anymore. It's becoming a a money industry, which the NCAA always has been, but now it's obvious. It's more obvious than it ever has been because of the NIL thing, and I just don't like it. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that kids can make a decision, make a decision to flip a school because of money as an eighteen-year-old is just, I think it's whack. Well, it's correct. Like, there's a few things I saw on Twitter today. Like, so Terrell Washington junior the guy out of texas who's coming um he flipped from purdue he decommitted because brahm's gone so the guy who committed him the guy who went in shook his parents hands said hey i like i'll take care of your son he committed because of that like he it's not like he's leaving purdue for, you know the guy who recruited him and who he was trusting his life with for the next four years is gone so him leaving for that reason is so different. Like our reason is with Proctor leaving Kirk's still there. Like everyone who recruited him is going to be there in almost no circumstances other than getting McNamara, getting um, Eric all almost nothing else is different on that offensive end or coaching staff. So in that reason, or for that reason, it's like, okay, so this is just a money grab. But also I want to read this because this is Alabama playing hardball and there was a giant stirrup a year ago between him and Jimbo Fisher. Now Jimbo paid all these five stars and they had they they aren't even in a bowl game this year. So I honestly think NIL for the teams who are paying outrageous amounts like Texas um, Texas A&M 
and then hopefully Alabama. I I, I would love to watch the dynasty end. I'm going to say it. <laughs> wild. But I've also been rooting for that even before Proctor flipped. This isn't just because of that. Um, but he said, Saban said, we were second in recruiting last year. AM was first. AM bought every player on their team, made a deal for their name, image, and likeness. We didn't buy one player, right? Um, and then he singled out the Jackson State player uh, because Jackson State paid the number one player in the country, Travis Hunter, who flipped from Florida State to HB or to Jackson State, the HBCU. Um, Dion. And I think it was Barstool gave him a million uh, since Dion works for them. So he was pissed because of that flip. He singled out them and he singled out A&M. And now he's just that same scumbag because he can be. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's just it's just how college football is going. It's just mm-hmm. it's just it's in such a bad trajectory right now because like like just being able to give kids like they're not even adults yet, like kids an ability to make a decision based off of a lot of money mm-hmm. like, and I, like it's just hard to first of all it's hard to handle that much money in general like as a as a kid going into college like if i had that money i wouldn't have to do with it like right now like obviously i'd try and put it away and save it but like if i'm a kid if i'm in that position i'm probably not like knowing what to do with it so yeah. like if you're that like i just don't get the whole I get it's money, but like if you want to play college football, you should be basing it off of other decisions just besides money. And like, also if it's a money grab, example for Proctor, it's a money grab. You're from Iowa, like the nil nil deals have to be through the roof with other like outside sources besides Iowa. Mm. Like Iowa is a small state for how big it is, meaning like everyone knows. Like, for example, they will know who Proctor is. Every single person in Iowa will. And if you're a business, if you want someone who can advertise and you get that big of a name coming in there, you can give them. Which is the original purpose of NIL. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's not It's not just a coach to go, hey, here's a million bucks. Come here. Yep. Like, it's turning into that. And, like, that's – like it, it's just – it's flipping kids. Like, Right. What's, what is the point of that? Like, it's just not co- – it's – I don't know. I, I I can't stand it, dude. It drives me crazy. It's it's like the NFL only for guys who are from the age of eighteen to freaking twenty three. It's 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 shocking to me, dude. I, I don't. Yeah. Know. The original complaint was like, oh, these guys are in commercials. They're on video games. Uh, they're doing advertisements, and they aren't they aren't able to get paid. <laughs> it's like, all right, here's a million. We'll see if we see you uh, anywhere at our events. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's it's that kind of shit where they they said like they pay for commercial, they pay to come out and do stuff. You're doing stuff, like you are doing stuff to get paid for that. Like it's almost like a job. Like mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a it's a job away from your job playing football. Now it's it's like they're just saying that kids can do this and like yeah, we'll get you to, we'll get someone to pay you. But like once they get there and get that money, they're not going to go work for it. They're not going to go do commercials. They're not going to do anything like that. They're not going to help sponsor people's businesses. Like you can make a big impact being a player doing a commercial for a business. Like that could be huge for that business's growth. Right. It was like now. Yeah. Saying 
these people are just going to pay you to come here. They're like boosters. It's, it's literally just boosters. It's and mutually people- beneficial when they're in advertisements and stuff yeah. for the company yeah. and that. This is just like funneling money, basically. Yeah. It's just doing, it's what, like- they, it's, it's doing what they did when it was illegal. Now they're just like, oh, now we can yes. just do this legal. Yep. It's it's like money laundering for college kids. Yeah, it's just it's great. Funnel it under outrageous contracts. Uh, yes. Yeah, I don't like it one bit. I'll admit it. Uh, <laughs> just get like, I think it's dumb how you can kind of walk Iowa fans along the whole time. I'm so, like I. I'm in the boat of we're going to be completely fine. I think Trevor Locke and uh, Leighton Jones are going to be beasts. So, like, I'm fine with where we're at recruit-wise. But I think the worst part is the disadvantage of if you're going to be like signing day is tomorrow. He is signing with Alabama in the morning, probably when people are listening to this. The biggest thing is when we're recruiting, we think we have a five-star locked up for the next three years maybe four, maybe five, Um, but for sure three years. So we take that position off the board when we're recruiting for this class. Now we don't have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's, where I – And I will will say I I say all this stuff, being someone who's removed from football, sees it from a different perspective, um, not a college kid perspective anymore. And if you're in high school, I get it. It's appealing, especially if you're getting money to mm-hmm. go somewhere. Like, that is a big deal. And, like, getting – I mean, some kids are getting paid millions. And it's, it's just – it's it's crazy to see. But I do, I do get the appeal of, like, seeing money on the table and be like, you can get this money if you come here. I get that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like there's so many kids now who can just be like – like, for example, this Proctor thing – a day, I honestly didn't didn't even register that tomorrow is signing day. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you could flip someone where, whenever you wanted a day before signing day and just completely screw a school. Yeah. Like it's if it's one thing if you're a kid who commits to a school, there's a reason they call it a commit. Like you're making a Don't commitment commit. to, to school. And Kirk has that, to put the no visit rule back in. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's it's hard to, it's definitely hard to when it's that big of a name of a kid. That yeah, that's why it's it's so hard with true. kids who are such like with like five stars because they have so many schools. And then as a high schooler, it's very appealing to have that many schools coming at you, and you want to visit all of them and see what the options are. So I mean, it's I feel like uh, his visits were just contract negotiations for NIL. Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, then that and that's exact. That's why I don't like it. It's like. These kids are going to a college for a different reason than like anyone I know that gra- mm-hmm. like committed anywhere was going for. Like we were going to go play football, but also love the campus, love the school, love the coaches, love right. the atmosphere, everything about it. And now it's just you're taking away that college aspect and you're just putting a, like a money sign in front of a kid's face. That is funny because most of like a lot of the people even deuce today uh, in the interview, it's like when they're visiting these schools, they all have a recruiting story of, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, the coaches are coming to my school. I, uh, I had a good relationship, good bond with the coaches. The campus was awesome. The atmosphere in Kinnick was great. Now it's like, yeah, somebody put 
2.5 mil on the table and bang, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, like recruits. You could be on a recruiting. What a story. Visit. You could be on a recruiting visit and be talking to other kids who are there, who are like there, like on the visit for that school and be like, it's, it's not the, so what do you think so far? You, you like the school? It's the, how much are they paying you? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, they're only paying me like 400K. And if that's the case, then fuck it. I'm not going. And then like go to a different school. It's literally just a cash grab for high schoolers now. Instead of like it's 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 giving kids uh, reasons to go to the school for the wrong reason. Yeah, wrong. And like that is why the transfer portal is going to stay hot for a long time, as long as this NIL deal works, which could be forever. It's going to stay hot because kids are going to go to school for the purpose of getting paid, and they're going to realize maybe they screwed up and other schools are going to come in and be like, Hey, listen, we can pay you more and then go there. And then they're going to go there for the money grab again. And they're not going to, they may not like it again. And then that's why you see so many kids transfer. Like there's going to be kids transferring four or five times and they're four yeah. or five years. And it's just like, it's not college football. Like the whole point of college football is you develop, you go to a school to develop. You don't go to a school to go one and done. Like you're not, it, it, it's this is what this NIL deal is doing. It's just yeah, it's, a good point. It's, it's 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 making it a one and done instead of developing them developing them into a player that they could be in the future and be significantly better than what they are now. But like going back to what I'm saying, they're the kids aren't mature. These guys, I'm calling them kids. They're 18 year olds, but like they aren't mature enough to know that you should go to a college to develop and become the best player that you can. Not you should go to a college because they're paying you more than the other school. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm fine with some transfers. Like, you look at this year, like, Dallas Craddeth. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Uh, he Like, he's transferring, and he's still on the two deep for the bowl game because he just wants to go somewhere he can play safety, like his actual position. Dude, you, you want to talk about a dedicated, hardworking dude? Dallas, I love Dallas. Dallas is a great dude. And mm-hmm. He really didn't see the field that much, but you want to talk about a guy who fucking worked his ass off to try and see the field. He mm-hmm. was doing like he worked his ass off, and sometimes he's he like work, such a good locker room guy. Yeah, he's a great guy, great guy. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes you work your ass off for three or four years, doesn't work out, then you transfer. Totally get it. You're exactly. not if you realize you're not going to see the field, you still develop as a player. And when you when you think you've been pretty fully developed and you're still not going to make it on that team, you go to a different team who wants you. And yep. you want to talk about guys that people respect. Coaches respect that because it's mm-hmm. like you know you worked your ass off, you did everything you could, and just sometimes it doesn't work out. That's why you go to a different school, not to get money. Exactly. Pate Manziel too, kind of like he did that. He went to Abilene Christian after because he was like, I want to, you know, I want to see the field. No hard feelings, nothing. Gave my all, bang. Yeah, I mean, Peyton, dude, I was boys with Peyton. Peyton, when we came in together, he was in my class. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who worked his ass off to try and know everything. The dude, I remember I was running routes with him as me and him and like Nate Whelan. And I ran a route wrong. And he goes, this is how you're supposed to run it. And walked out there and ran the full route. It was like a post or something, like some like weird post. He ran the full route, like 50 yards as fast as he could. Like it's like guys like that who just like they they do it as much as they can, they dedicate as much time as they can, work their ass off, they're not gonna play, they find a new place where they will play, and that's what they do. For, yeah. the, love of the, for the love of the game, it's not for the love of money. Same thing, like there's like 
my point in all this, all these scenarios, like Nunji, he left because he needed a scenery change. He just had two life altering things happen to him. It's not like yeah. he hated Iowa, any ill will. No. There. It was like he had to go clear his head. CJ Frederick, scumbag move on his transfer. <laughs> like, there are totally different scenarios for transferring. And I'm saying, cool, it's their choice. They can do what's best for them. Do we have to love it and like, still be fans of them on their way out? Absolutely not. Nunji, I root for every day. I bet on Xavier all the time, strictly because of him. CJ Frederick was one of my favorite players at Iowa. I think he's a scumbag now. (laughs) (laughs) It's that that easy. And it's not like – I'm not even saying just Proctor. Like, Proctor's a big freaking name. He's probably getting big money from Bama, and Bama is Bama, obviously. But – there's just so many kids out there who are flipping and doing other stuff for money instead of the love of the game. And it's just, that's mm. not, it's not pushing college football forward. It's definitely taking stuff away from it. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, man, <laughs> that's it's probably my two cents on it. It's it, yeah. It is frustrating to see how the NCAA hasn't done anything about it, but I'm excited for the guys we are getting. Um, yeah. The linemen that we're getting, I think, are going to have awesome careers and be in the NFL. Um, and then Mata is another big name coming. Um, he's an athlete out of Marion, Iowa. And then uh, Ben Carter, I think that's Keeter. I don't know how you say his last name, but he's that number one wrestler in the country. And oh, then yeah, he that. just, dude, he just looks like he's going to be Jack Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Is he a linebacker? Yep. That is, yeah, dude. I mean, wrestlers are some physical dudes. I can't imagine going, like, cutting weight all winter for wrestling and then having to bulk up all spring for. It's actually probably sweet, though. Because, like, the all winter, you're like, fuck, dude, I can't eat anything. And then all of a sudden, as soon as wrestling's over, it's like game on. (laughs) Your body has to be so confused. Yeah, dude. Like, that's that mentality is what I had all of college, except I was never cut. Yeah. I'd getting a little chunky. I'd be like, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Get, yep. Put some muscle on it, too. Yeah. Man, that we, we ran it. We ran enough where you could you could eat whatever you wanted. You'd be fine. This is going to be in the last class, too. I mean, they're freshmen, so we don't see them right now. And yeah. but like the last class was incredible. X is going to be a star. I think TJ Hall has a really bright future. There's some really good guys in the last this recruiting class and the last one where I think I was on the up. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's get to our interview. We have Deuce Hogan. Great interview with him. Um, he will we will be playing him in the bowl game, Music City Bowl. And yeah, here's the interview. All right. We have the Texas dual threat. Now at Kentucky, uh, Deuce Hogan, Iowa's opponent this week or this bowl season. Deuce, how are you feeling about playing Iowa? I'm feeling good. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. Are you? You said what? Are you? Are you more like excited to like see the guys or just fired up to play them? Like how? How do you? How do you think going into that? Obviously, transferred a year ago. So. Yeah, I mean. I'm fired up for both. Like, the first thing that I thought of, like, when I saw that, you know, it was, like, fresh on Twitter that day. 
you know, who's it going to be, who's it going to be? And then it pops up and then my phone starts blowing up. I, you know, Kentucky, <laughs> Iowa teammates, like, no way. And like the first thing, like the competitor in me is like, that's awesome. Like I want to play against these guys. But then like, um, I think it was uh, Justin Britt and Deontay Craig FaceTime me like 60 seconds after and like the trash talking begins. And so like, <laughs> I love it all. Yeah, I'm excited to hug them all and maybe uh, turn up in Nashville a little bit. Turn up, baby. Yeah, that's sweet. That's such a great Bull City. Were you on the team when uh, the COVID year when it couldn't happen? Yeah, I was actually in Peterson Hall on Zoom studying. Was it Mizzou? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in there breaking down Mizzou on Christmas morning. It was pretty depressing. And then they all went home for Christmas. Then came back with COVID, so the bowl got canceled. <laughs> we would have smacked them, too. They were oh, yeah. really not good. Yeah, we would have won. Yeah, I'm surprised. So a year ago, we played uh, – it was Iowa-Kentucky again. Were you a little surprised you drew Iowa? Was Dude, that floating around? It's nuts, bro. So, like, <laughs> this time last year, so I entered the portal after the Nebraska game. And I'd gone home, like recruiting had started. I was, you know, talking to all these schools. And then like super recently, like um, I'd been DM'd by the OC. Hey, man, give me a call. So I'd been in talks with Kentucky. And then I I was before the game. I gave him a verbal commitment to Kentucky over the phone. And like 24 hours later, they got slated to play Iowa. And like, I remember my stomach turning. I'm like, oh my gosh. Because like, I get way more nervous watching than you're playing, like. I feel so out of control when I'm not on the field. I was sitting there like stomach turning. Oh, my gosh. So I remember being in shambles watching that game because it was my best friends. Like I'm sitting there watching Cooper out the tunnel and Higgins and like guys, you know, Lachey and then my future teammates. So it was like, like, dude, beyond conflicted watching that game. That was nuts. Oh, dude, I'm sure. (laughs) That's crazy. It's that's like this year uh, with the Fenway Bowl, how um, the Louisville coach was going to uh, where's he going? Cincinnati, and they're on the same sideline. It's just unreal, bro. Like, what do you do with? Like, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm, I was game planning with these guys six days ago. Like, I was watching whatever the Big Ten Championship. So, a couple games or the next game, two games after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, or no, it would have been before, right? Uh, yeah, it was December 4th. So, so I was, I watched the Michigan game and I, I was like sitting like on my couch calling out the formation of play call and like, Oh, you know, I see like, you know, signaling plays and Spence is at the line calling stuff. I'm like, I know he's like, I was in there eight days ago, you know, like breaking down. So like, it is weird, dude. It's like hard. It's a weird feeling. Oh, absolutely. It's gotta be so weird, especially cause like, like you were close with all those guys, and like Spence, kind of was like a role model ish. Like he was the he was the older guy in the room at, at the time, and um, I'm sure it's got to be weird seeing him out there just knowing like you were one of the guys who was signaling to him, and then like now you're watching on the TV, and it's just like, am I a better signaler than that signal than that guy? Who knows? Well, well, and you sit there and you're like, okay, this guy like when I watch Iowa, okay, like. You know, I'm about to play against him. I've watched him all season. I watched him last year after I left. Like, okay, Spence picked me up when I had a moped in the snow and had no – I couldn't get to workouts on time. Yeah. You know, like, I got these guys – like, had I had Nerf Wars with these guys in Peterson Hall. And, yeah. like, we went to Lucon game. Like, these are friends. It's like it's so much bigger than football. So when Spence drops back, like, 
you can't root against the guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the amount of hours you've put in next to that person is like, that's the thing. Like everyone says it about football and like being a teammate, dude, like it's so much bigger than like the stuff you're going to see on Twitter. Well, dude, the wild, the crazy part is like, so we were just talking before this. So Deuce was, if you, if you hear us mention Lucan, which you had several times, it was our house we lived in. So at one point it was me, is the summer going in a couple years ago, the summer it was me, Charlie, Tori, Henry, Ivory, and then Deuce. So we had everyone in that house for like a couple months at one point because Deuce was still moving to a different house. They need a spot to stay. And it's so weird now looking at it from the outside. And you're at Kentucky. Charlie's at Purdue. Um, Ivory's gone. Henry's gone. And then Tori's the only one on the team still. And it's like – He's still at Lucon. Well, Tori's the oldest one. And it's just like <laughs> it's so it's so weird. Now. I mean, and now like Keegan and Arlen lived in there. They're both gone. Um, I don't even know who the hell lives there anymore. I mean, Tori's the last, last one sitting. But it's so wild to see everyone go in such different directions. And do like such cool things with it. It's it's just it's so weird cheering for like three different teams at one time. Right. It's easy, easy, but like it's it's just wild. It's not and it's like I can't believe that that was whatever, what twelve months ago or like whatever, seventeen months ago, whatever it was, like yeah, different stages of life. Like guys that were all in that house spending every hour together are like spread all over the country now. It's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts, dude. But hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta do you gotta find the right fit and Obviously, you found it, so that's sweet. I think I did. I think I did. I love it here. Yeah. <laughs> a little taste of yeah. Kentucky. So when you when you first came, did Stoops give you any of the run or any of the Iowa love? He's a former Hawkeye. Yeah. No. Just talk. We. I mean, we had like an immediate bonding point over the culture there and the people there, and the, you know, like the heck, I was there coming out of high school. Like, I mean, those are formative years. You spend in a city a long way from home, like. You kind of become a man, you know what I'm saying? Like I've, I've told people mm-hmm. that I feel like Iowa kind of got like a boy, yeah. Left, and I was like a man, you know what I'm saying? It's like oh, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. 20s, and I pay my own rent, and I, you know, like pay for these uh, just like little stuff. So like for me and Coach Stoops to both spend form like formulative years there, formative years, like I think that that was definitely a point of bonding. And then like little stuff, like uh, I remember what week it was this season, but we were in practice and it dropped 20 degrees in like two hours. So it goes from like 50 all of a sudden to thirties, the wind is blowing and we're in warmups. I say, coach Stoops, like, this feels like Iowa city. And we both bust out laughing. He's like, no, it's not that bad. You know, <laughs> uh, but like little stuff that like we can both relate to. Yeah. That's dope. Okay. So transfer going from Iowa to Kentucky, what's the quarterback room look like once you get there compared to Iowa? Yeah. So obviously Will Levis was our guy. Mm-hmm. Right? That I wasn't coming in expecting to start. Uh, now, when I did commit, we had we didn't know if he was declaring for the draft or not, but the assumption was he's coming back for another year, and I had to walk on. And you know, being really highly touted out of high school, that was different. And uh, but it was cool. Like it was kind of I had lots of opportunities to play elsewhere at smaller schools. Yeah. But the way I left Iowa, I didn't feel like it was one of those things where I left because I couldn't play at that level. You know, it was under different circumstances. So for me, I was like. If the SEC calls and give you an opportunity, take it, right? So they said, you know, if you earn the backup job, we'll put you on full scholarship. So I walked on and uh, was in a room with me, Will, a guy named Kaya, and a guy named Bo. And, uh, yeah, with 
within whatever, five or six months, I earned a scholarship. And uh, Kai's in the class below me. Bo was in my class, and he transferred out. And then we've recently got in a new young guy named Destin. So, uh, yeah, it's also a weird thing because I'm now, I'm now the second oldest in the room. Oh, that's and, wild. Which, like, yeah. it changes really fast. Like, I was sitting there um, under Alex and under Spence and, like, you know, everything that I was experienced, they had gone through 12 months earlier or 24 months earlier. And like now, like, I mean, here's an example, like picking up for workouts, like Spence did that for me. And so um, I get to Kentucky and, you know, the young guy shows up. He's like, hey, man, like, can I get a ride to the meetings? Or I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. It was just a different dynamic. Like, I'll tell this story. Like one time I'll never forget. I mean, I had been in Iowa for probably six or seven months. And, you know, like you're 16 hours from home, from girl, from family. You're not playing it's cold outside and out man, I was just beat down. I was in the quarterback room and like, I just literally had my hands like this and no one was in there. And, uh, Spence walked in and he just peeked his head in the room. I don't know how he knew I was in there. He was just like, Hey buddy, like it's going to get better. Like, you know, it's part of it. And yeah, get better. Like you talk about, you know what that does for like a kid that feels like he's so far out of his realm. And then, you know, fast forward a couple months later, I'm looking at a freshman that just threw a pick. I'm like, hey, bud, like it's gonna be all right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> right. Uh, a, a tides can turn like that. Nuts. It happens quick, dude. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's true because you and Spence kind of came from like opposite ends of the country to get all the way to Iowa. Right. And both like both very like family oriented, and we were the guy at our high school, and you just come in, you're like, all of a sudden, you're like a small fish in a big pond. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. it changes, dude. But there is, there definitely is. And I can't say when the point is. I don't know how to like put my finger on it, but there is a point where like it clicks. Yeah. Okay. Like it's like the umbilical cords cut. I'm my own man. Like, so even for me, like, I mean, I'm, I think Iowa City is only 30 minutes farther from my hometown than Lexington is. Oh, wow. Still far from home, but it's a different world. It's like I got it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. College, dude, it's a hard adjustment, especially college football. Like, I remember coming in, like, as a freshman, and coaches hated me. I had long hair. Everyone thought I was just a slack off. I never lifted a weight in high school. There's a lot of stuff that happened where, like, they just – Wow. They didn't think I was a – what? Besides besides when Dr. Men came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was in high school, though. Like, that was, like – that video wasn't really discovered until like sophomore year of college, but yeah, you're um, still pumping weights. Yeah, that was I mean that was the hardest I lifted in my life, and that was just because the media was there. <laughs> my voice cried so many times in the video. Um, <laughs> That's awesome, dude. But yeah, like freshman year, I remember like I I'd call my mom crying. I'd be like, "This sucks." Like, I never had a disciplined like like regimen in my life ever, and it just like it was such a different world. Yeah, and then like sophomore year, you start getting the hang of it, and then like. For me, it was like junior year. Once you like realize that you have to be committed to football and like that's it. Like once you like realize like this is it. Like I'm here for football and I will do whatever it takes to like get on the field. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like like you said, everything clicks. And then once, once everything clicks, everything else becomes more fun. Like the social life, even going to class, like you, you meet people, you meet people that are outside of football. And it's just like it's cool having a social life that's different mm-hmm. than just being in the facility. But, like, once it clicks, like, everything starts falling in place and it's just so much more fun. And, like, you're right. You feel like you transition from, like, being a just, a like, an immature kid to, like, an immature adult. Right. It's, no, it's wild, dude. As, and, like, 
you the the switches from like oh, I'm far from home, I'm away from my family and my friends. Yeah, till I live with my best friends. Exactly. Like exactly. the and it's little things. Dude. It takes you know it takes four or five nights hanging out with guys, sitting there watching games. All of a sudden, it's like oh, this is my crew now. Like exactly. the, I lean on exactly. it. Like even little stuff, bro. Like going home changes because like all your high school boys are in you know they're on different campuses. They're they're spread yeah. out. Now. Oh yeah. Like I found myself going to Texas. And even since I've been to Lexington, bro, like I've gone to Texas and been like, man, I can't, I'm like itching to get back. I got like 10 buddies sitting there waiting on me. You know what I'm saying? Dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, cause you're like being in college, the ability, I was just talking with someone about this. This sounds so washed up and old of me to say, but like the ability to be able to like walk over to your friend's house, drive over to your friend's house and just like watch TV and hang out is the coolest thing ever. And like, once you leave college and you don't have that ability, like all my, like all my boys here, they're still at Iowa or in Texas and freaking back home in Illinois and Wisconsin, like it sucks. And like you said, going home, like it's a, it's awesome to see everyone in high school, but like everyone from high school either stays in the same area and meets new people and they become friends with them and you kind of lose touch, which sucks. But like, that's just how it goes. And like when you go to a place, especially that's like so far from home, you have to bond with, you have to bond with people or it's just not going to work. And when you bond with people, it becomes home. So when you go home, it's like, Am I really home? Like my parents are here. That's the best part. But like friend wise, everything else wise environment, like it's not, doesn't feel like home anymore. No, everything changes. And bro, like I actually heard a coach say he referenced like trauma bonding, you know, like trauma bonds. Like when people go through something. Oh, true. Dude, like you move away from home and wake up at five o'clock in the morning and drive through a blizzard on a moped for three months with people and you suffer through the same lift and you run the same runs and like, bro, like it doesn't matter if you're from like, you know, Northern California and South Florida, like you're going to get along. Like, you know, like you hate to compare it to war because what we do is a game, but like Hmm. you're going through stuff, bro. Like the relationships build really fast. It's so like, I was actually just thinking about that. How like, even people you're not close with, like if I, like for example, if I saw some guy on the team that like I wasn't close, like close with, like I, I know him, I know, I'd say what's up to him. You still have that bond and there's still a connection. When you see him, it feels like you are still really good friends with him because you went through some shit. Like summer workouts, like game sims, dude. Like doesn't matter if you're not friends with someone. In that moment, like you're you're boys, like you are brothers, and it doesn't change. And there's like, a there's a level of respect. Yeah, yeah, like, dude. Like, okay, I do stuff on a daily basis that most people wouldn't make it through. Yeah. But whether or not I know this cat really well or not, like, I ha- he, there's a respect level. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that, yeah. dude, builds something. Yeah. And, like, when you have someone you're not close with, like, you can hear them pointing your name out saying, like, let's go. You got this. It's a different feeling. Yeah. Because, like, you just never expected that. Like, when you're in that situation, that's, like, the only thing you do expect is someone that you're not close with or you are close with saying like, let's go. Like you're picking everyone up and everyone's picking you up. It's so sweet. Yeah, no doubt. Dude saying, uh, what do you say? Game Sims? Oh, dude. I have like PTSD, man. I don't, I didn't make one. I didn't finish one without like barfing my inside. <laughs> I, remember, I remember vividly, vividly, dude. I, it was my first game sim, bro. And you know, we were like three and a half quarters through bro. And I was puking so hard. Like I would be on the line. I would puke everywhere. The whistle would blow. I would take off. I'm like, it was disgusting. And, you know, eventually, like, you know, Cammy's coming up to me and, like, <laughs> like pouring water on my head. There's, like, ambulances on the field picking up teammates. <laughs> and I remember, like, we're in the huddle. Or, no, no, it was after. It was the next day. And we're at, like, we're getting dinner. And Coach was, like, Coach Ferris comes to me. He's, like, hey, bud. Like, ooh, like, 
you know, I felt bad for yesterday. <laughs> Watch, I was like, yeah, coach, that was brutal, dude. <laughs> it is. Those are, I mean, they're good. Sounds like a battle scene. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. You've never seen, you've never seen a scene like people after that that run. Like it's, it's you, people were like on the ground, like yelling. It was hundred like, percent. We did not do a game sim in my two years at Iowa where there was not ambulances there. Yeah. People would come, people would get thrown in the cold tub to like regenerate them and to the hospital oh, yeah. everywhere. It was nuts, dude. It was, it was like when we were freshmen, we had a, uh, and it also depend on the weather. Cause like I, like, it is what I will say one thing. Iowa is unexpectedly hot as fuck in the summer. Oh and my it's God. also extremely humid and like on the field, on the turf, it could be like a 95 degree day out. It's instantly like 110 with the turf. And when you're running on that with the sun being on you, it is it is a mental challenge that I don't even know how to explain to you to mentally like be able to talk to yourself and be like, okay, like you gotta make it through. Like it's 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 hard as shit. And like there's I've I've never worked out where I thought I was gonna like throw up or like pass out game sims. I was seeing like black spots and I'm like, dude, this is not good. Well, like, like little stuff like good. that. The workout like your feet burn like yes i'm not even talking about like my muscles hurting or like my feeling like i'm trying to catch air dude like you can't stand still like your feet have to keep moving or you get cooked yeah. <laughs> Bro, <it's so> bad. <laughs> dude, i mean we used to like because there's and there's ice buckets there's water bottles everything on the sidelines we would take it i remember like freshman year by this like the start of it everyone's like wearing like shirts like uh shorts like just the usual and then like by three quarters in shirts were off everyone was just in compression shorts like your shoes you were spraying water on your shoes because your feet were so high and like when you'd run you could feel puddles in your feet and you could hear like when people were running it felt like there's like puddles in the field because it was like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. it was just <laughs> so whack dude like, yeah, it, bro, it, I, I remember like peak covid we're like somebody had an inhaler okay bro we're like fast like it's like the most like, it's like a super spreader event bro we're all dying and like passing around the inhaler it's Ooh. yeah dude and it, it, it would be like i remember the days where you like lead up to like game sims it was like that's like the biggest one we had for us or so you'd be like there'd be there'd be three game sims and like it's hard to explain it without getting into really big detail but like the the, the first one honestly like, it was less than the last one but the first one was always the hardest because you just weren't used to it and if you walked outside and it was like cloudy, everyone would be in the like the greatest mood you've ever seen because <laughs> you just didn't want the sun on you with the sun and like it would be it, it's crazy how much easier it was when that happened. It was, I mean, like the, like the trauma shit that Deuce is talking about, like trauma bonding. That is trauma bonding to the max. It's like seal training, bro. Yeah, dude. Like I feel like I was in Hell Week. That's all. <laughs> Brutal. It's, crazy but yeah no it was uh it was it was it's wild to think about that i'm sure so do you like what was the, what was the hardest conditioning thing you had to do kentucky wise so we actually have uh at the at the ends of our like so we have a indoor facility and then we have an outdoor two outdoor practice fields okay gated and on the like the side behind the end zones like built into the gates is a turf hill one super steep Okay, uh, a bigger turf hill, one's next to it, 
and then in between the two turf hills is concrete steps and Ooh. like you know two and a half three feet per step and you go up i mean they're probably if i had to guess like they're probably 70 yards maybe 65 going uphill yeah we would like you know running up the hills and you walk down one hill up the hill down the hill that i mean that circuits were brutal we had to uh like two foot jump up the steps for 70 yards <laughs> go down the hill bro like that that was pretty bad it was different though it was like the there's a big difference in the way we like lift and train here like i was like was there was like a strength part and then like a like an explosive part and then like a conditioning part kind of um, yeah. here it's it's all like we're in and out of the weight room like I mean, we'll go in there and like bust a squat workout, but we're in and out within 45 minutes. And then it's like, you know, fast twitch days. And yeah, it's, it's way shorter here, which is, which is nice. <laughs> are like, are guys going back? Like, are they allowed to go back in the weight room and like do an extra workout if they wanted to? Yeah. Weight rooms open every day till like, you know, whatever, late afternoon, whole staff's in there and the weight rooms like, there's always music playing. There's always people in there. Yeah. But another thing, like, this is a thing about coach Stoops. Like he sits you down. <clears throat> and he said, and this is like, this is wisdom, dude. This is why he's taking a program that was perennially struggling yeah. and them to 10 wins all the time. He sits down and looks at these guys from all walks of life and says, listen, I don't want to turn the, the, the college football facility is supposed to be a place where you chase your dream with all your best friends. I don't want to make it a place that you resent. Yeah. So we're not going to put you in the weight room for two and a half hours. We're not going to sit you in the meeting room for two and a half hours. It's get in, get your work and get out. And the great ones want extra. Yeah. Dude, that, that is the culture here. And it's like, like I kind of got goosebumps talking about it because when the people are there, it's by choice. Yeah. Yeah. By, you know, the receivers room, the linebacker room, the DB room, the running back. When I walk by those and everyone's in there with a clicker watching tape, I'm like, yeah, that's by choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's high. That's cool. That's yeah. Like, that's in, like that's the difference. So for like at Iowa, like our weightlifting was like pretty intense. Like we would, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Of, there would be days we'd be in and out, um, depending on what we had, but it was more. In I'm sure it's different at Kentucky. Where I'm, do they do like position based lifting? Mm-hmm. Like people, would, yeah. So like at Iowa, uh, Deuce knows this. Like obviously he went through it. Quarterbacks had to do the same thing as like a lineman, just different weights. Like it's it's just everyone did the exact same thing. Like it was never uh, even kickers and punters. Like mm-hmm. Tori, like, Tori's pretty strong because he goes through everything. Like it's just yeah, we're in a game week and Tori's the best kicker in America, and he's like hang cleaning on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. He's- it's, it's, no one, but, no one really had a day off. And the, the quarterbacks would have sometimes where like they would be like, they'd have something small. Yeah, we might do. like shoulder press before practice or something. But yeah. like that dude, that's a thing. That's another thing that like, okay, like there's there's multiple different ways to be successful in college football. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, Iowa is who Iowa is because of the way that they work. You exactly. know, bringing these guys that they're not getting the highly most highly touted guys from every state. No, bro, they're going to come in and they're going to, like, bring you in and, like, build a monster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so and it's, it is different, like, culturally here. Like, you're going to get guys that are, like, like they are very highly touted. And saying, hey, you're going to squat on Thursday is not the best for the team morale. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
like get, like get it's just like like I you know head coaches in college football to me are people managers. They're like the most valuable thing you can do as a college football coach is be great relationally. That's yeah. why been where he's at for 25 years. Yeah. And just like being great relationally and there's different ways to go about it but like yeah, there's uh definitely multiple avenues to success but I mean by saying that Kentucky's great, no, I was awesome dude. They have the best strength conditioning program arguably in the nation. Yeah. And that and like like you said that's the cool part about college football is like there's, I mean, every school does it differently, and it really is just a matter of who can do what they do the best. That's exactly that's a good way to put it. Yeah, whoever dominates it is the one who dominates college football that year. Mm-hmm. Granted, there is some schools that will get talent where it's like doesn't really matter. They're going to fail. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's cool. Okay, so how about? So I mean, you grew up wanting to be in the SEC. Um, since you Who'd you grow up a fan of? So. Both my parents graduated from small colleges. So growing up, I rooted for coaches I liked and quarterbacks I liked. So like like I loved Tebow. So like there was a time mm-hmm. 2007, 8, 9 era-ish. Like yeah. I was and then like I prime college football to me, like Colt McCoy at Texas and like Sam Bradford at OU and like Texas school. Like, you know, how do you not how do you live in Texas and not root for like Johnny football? Right. Yeah. Like the so Coach to coach, player to player, and yeah, and all those teams usually were in the South, just because that's that was home, right? And that was where we could get to a game. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I grew up like kind of rooting for a specific team as much as I did like chasing quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely. TCU had some good ones too. Yeah, dude. Like, what was it like? Fourteen. Like, and, and, well, before that, Andy Dalton, and then like Trevon Boykin came in, and like, yeah, yeah. Got, Taylor's been good, dude. RG three was there, and mm-hmm. and like I think another thing, stadium environments. Like you kind of fall in love with what you get to experience. Yeah. You know, like I had no comparison. So you know, I remember going to A and M games, and it's like one hundred ten thousand people in sync for three. Yeah. Okay, that's electric. That's something you want to be a part of. You know, different. Were you ever a Baylor fan? Yeah, I mean, I went to. I think it's McLean in Waco. Yeah, we were in yeah. Waco. Like it's a couple hours from where I grew up, and. We always had the state track meet there, and and then I got offered by Baylor, so obviously I became like, <laughs> yeah, you know, really started tuning into their games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was on, and it's local thing. That's another thing. Like, I don't get every college football game or NFL game here, like which, yeah, yeah like, right. I don't get every Cowboys game here, which is like yeah. nuts. But like, I am now learning that part of my taste was built by like what I could watch, what I could get my hands on, you know. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, yeah, what brought you out of Texas originally? Man, I went to Iowa for a few, a lot of reasons. Uh, obviously, love the pro style offense and the fact that they're an NFL factory. That's desirable, right? Um, uh, I was the only kid in the country in my class that they offered at the quarterback position, and that was super. That was a super cool thing. You know, I came out of it was after my sophomore season, and the offer started rolling in, and. Uh, I committed to Iowa before my junior year. So I was the first commit in the class. Um, and then like, you know, I was actually, I think it was, yeah, it was before I committed. It had to have been before I committed. I was at A&M and I was sitting in coach Fisher's office and we were talking and I said, what would you like, what would be your piece of advice? Like, you know, I'm 16, 17 trying to make this decision. And he was like, go where you're the most desired. Like, cause your opportunity, your window of opportunity will be the biggest. So like I got offered by Georgia, but they offered, they also offered, you know, 
13 other quarterbacks in my class. It was like, mm-hmm. catch, you know, or I felt like I was like, you know, they were pulling me out of chemistry class. Like, Hey man, you know, coach Woods walking around the school with coach O'Keefe and like, <laughs> yes, pro style offense, NFL factory. And like the level of like relationship I felt there. <laughs> that would be crazy. You got coaches coming down to Texas, just hey, I'll the never, second period I, going. <laughs> seriously, I'll never forget. I was, uh, I've told this story actually recently. Um, I was at, I went to a Georgia camp my freshman year. And uh, I was, you know, go out there. They give us like these Georgia helmets. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like there was no chance they were going to offer that day. But they had like a number two jersey. I'm like, yep, like I'm in. And we go out on the field and we're all throwing. And uh, I think it was Jacob Easton at the time was their quarterback. Oh, yeah. And uh, anyway, he walks out and he's like dapping everybody up. I'm like, this is so awesome. Well, they didn't offer. And of course, like, you know, 15 year old Deuce is like down to dumps. Like, I'm like, and uh, it was my junior year. So, you know, 36 months later, uh, Jim Cheney, who was at Georgia at the time, knocks on my door i'm in chemistry class he like peeks his head in my class I'm like oh my gosh i walk out he's wearing straight tennessee gear tennessee hat tennessee shirt he's like you remember me i'm like yes sir coach cheney what's up and he's like yeah I just, and he pulls out this film and it's me growing at georgia when i was a freshman as like a little kid he said we just you know we just make sure you fill out and you know get rest so we're gonna offer you to tennessee so i was like okay so he offers me standing in my high school hallway the next day, I was in uh, – I think I was in lunch. My dad calls me and says, hey, come to – my dad was the head football coach at my school. He's like, hey, buddy, come to the front office. I walk in, there's the whole Georgia staff. And they're like, hey, if you're good enough for Coach Chaney, like, you can play for us. You know, we're going to give you an offer to play at Georgia. And so then that that got a whole nother – That's you know, wild, dude. That is nuts. Yeah, that's pretty nuts, dude. That's so cool. Like, like the – recruiting is a tough process, and I can't imagine how it was for you because you've had, like, so many offers. but like. The fact that, like, you can get one offer in, like, one conference and every school in that conference will, like, look at you after that. Well, so I got offered by L.A. Tech. Yeah. Tim Rattay, like, and I'm forever grateful for that. I, I cried uh, right when he pulled out of the parking lot. Me and my dad just, like, hugged and cried because, you know. Yeah. The next day, Oklahoma State offered. Damn. And they had been there the same day to watch me throw. And, you know, they were like, you know, give us your card, you know. You know, they made us call them because that was the rule at the time. Yeah. But, yeah, L.A. Tech offered, Oklahoma State offered, and then it's like snowball. It just blows up. That is sweet, dude. That's so good. All right, wanna, you're, you're the first Texan that we've had on. I want to ask about high school football there. Yeah. Because it is like – I mean, you see some of the high school stadiums. Allen, McKinney now, they just built a new one. So, right. like – Crazy high school stadiums. Like, what? What's it like being in hometowns there? Because it is just nuts with Texas high school football. Yeah, so I think that there's a broad spectrum. I think that there's the Allens, the McKinneys, the North Shores. The mm-hmm. there's tons of them everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of people in Texas, right? So, like, you know, if you got a high school with five thousand kids, like, you're gonna be able to find eleven. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. eleven roll. So, um, there's that spectrum, and then like rewind or go to the opposite end of the spectrum and there's like hometown Texas football and it's a small town and golly, I got you this one talking about it. Like, so I played smaller football. I played like great mine at the private school. My dad was the head coach there for like 18 years or something. And uh, like, 
Texas football, dude, like <clears throat> on Thursdays, I would go to the Main Street Barber Shop, get my hair cut, talk to the barber about the game. You walk out and there's the Main Street Theater that's been there since, I mean, it has to be the 50s or 60s. And it says, you know, Grapevine Faith, my high school, hosting the da-da-da-da Friday, 7.30, be there. It says it on the outside of the theater, right? And, like, dude, I just got, like, I got goosebumps. Like, I remember going, like, you know, Friday, you know, by fifth period, almost everyone's let out of school. The band's prepping. Everyone's in jerseys. You know, cheerleaders are wearing their costumes. Like, it's just electric, dude. And, like, it's a religion there. Like, you got people that, like, have been watching Texas high school football for, you know, 55 years. And they'll come to your game. And it's just, dude, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's like a religion. There. I, can, I, can't, I can't imagine, like, Texas. Because, like, Wisconsin is not a big football state at all. And Texas is, like, the videos are insane. Everything's insane. And, like, we used to get, like, goosebumps going to our games. Like, yours is, like, an actual college game in high school. And, like, dude, I tell everyone this all the time. Like, College football is fucking sweet. It is electric. It is like a feeling that you you can't describe when you're on the field, like in front of like 70,000 people. Right. But the feeling you had making a play in high school football and like going to school the next day or like like if you're in a small town, everyone knew. Like every single person knew. High school football, there's no – it was the most fun I've like ever experienced having football in my life. And I think that's – the same for almost everyone else who played almost everyone else who played like high school football. Right. Like, well, it's, it's another thing like, okay, you, you are, you know, where I come from, our mascot was the lions. Okay. So also a small school. So on Friday nights, when I'm a junior and senior, I'm playing beside guys that I was in the second and third grade with. Yeah. And like, we grew up like in what was, was called the cub club. Okay. So like you were a cub until you made the varsity, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, Yep. He couldn't always when you or when you I think it was in junior high, like you couldn't get the lion sticker on your helmet until the varsity. It's like exactly. you almost grow up idolizing these guys. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when it's like you're on it's a Thursday and you're watching the JV games with your varsity jersey on, and like you're watching the seventh and eighth graders play, and you're like, Yeah, I'm not playing tonight, you know. <laughs> it's just a different feeling, bro. Like it's, it is. I remember it's- I remember my freshman year. It was before my freshman year, my eighth grade year, we had a quarterback that was going to be a senior. He transfers out, and uh, or I guess he transferred out my seventh grade year, and he ended up going to play at San Diego State, good player. And then we got in a guy that was a senior my eighth grade year. And after the senior, like, the spot was going to be open. So my dad was like, hey, look, dude, like, if you have, think you have any chance of playing varsity next year, like, you don't. Like, you're going to have to put on – you're like, you're not going to be able to hoop. You're going to have to put on 25 pounds of muscle, like – you know, it's going to be a uphill battle. So anyway, I didn't play basketball and I ended up getting a starting spot my freshman year. I'll never forget, dude, like eighth grade, I'm like six, two, I'm like bigger than everybody. And my first, it was my first pass attempts as a varsity starter is week one playing school from Austin. And I roll out to my right, dude. And here comes someone off the edge. And I just try to give him the stiff arm. Like I did in junior high. Like, yeah, I can still stiff arm, dude. He grabs my forearm and like three sixties, bro, into the side. <laughs> I was like, oh, Fridays. Like, we're playing on Fridays. <laughs> this is not junior high anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. That is – yeah, dude, that is – Did you guys have it where you dedicate, like, a whole period to either weightlifting or practice? Second period athletics. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, so we have an athletic period, and then 
after school practice. Wait, so what do you, okay, so explain that. What is that? So, well, it depends on the time of year. So, uh, second period athletics in off season, and it was just known as off season. It wasn't second period. It wasn't athletics. It was welcome to off season. Yeah. Uh, we would all, there was no dress code there. You didn't have to wear, you know, faith issued stuff. Nah, you just showed up in whatever you were going to stay warm in. And we started every day by running a 400 around the track. And if you didn't make it in time, we ran it again as a team. <laughs> so uh, the, the big guys would go first, all the O-line and D-linemen, and then the skill would chase. And uh, we called it, whatever we call it, what do you, uh, cat and mouse. So the yep. line, mouse, yep. chasing. And then, dude, it was tire flipping and uh, mat drills, bro, like bear crawling and diving on the ground just to, like, say you did it. And, like, Dude, it just—it was a lifestyle. Like it was just like you're 16, 17 years old, and like, what do you get committed to? Like, what do you put all your time and energy into at 16 and 17 besides like Call of Duty? Yeah. Like, I think every man has an internal desire to be a part of something that's bigger than him. Yeah. 100%. And like, 16, 17 years old, you're like, okay, I can get on the same mission with 25 guys to go try to beat those suckers that live 20 minutes away from me in front of a couple thousand people. Yeah, I'm in on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, fuck that fires me up. Football is so fun, dude. Coop, it's Coop, it's crazy though. Imagine like us, like Texas does it different, but imagine us like going to first period like chemistry class, and then second period you're going to practice, and then that's just your first practice of the day. You oh, still yeah. have to go after school. Like we had so <laughs> the way we did it, we would have a we had the, we call a weight flex, and our our head. Uh, football coach who actually just became actually not just became, I think he's been there for a little bit, but he's like, the, he's like the all time winning as head coach in Wisconsin football history. Like he's the fucking man. He's been coached for like 47 years. The goat. I still talk to him every once in a while to this day, but like he's a, uh, he's like the guy who's in charge of weight flex and all it is just lifting weights. Dude. When I tell you like, this is the difference between Texas football and like Wisconsin football, you guys are flipping tires, doing like 400s on this shit. No one lifted a single weight in that class. If you're on the football team, especially, we would like when we'd have like max out weeks, our coach would he'd be sitting there. I remember people would be shitting their pants doing this. He'd be sitting there writing down everyone's max. That you'd be like, Coop. And like you'd have to like on the spot say it. If you hesitated, he knew you're lying. So like everyone would be like sitting there and everyone had a number in their head. So we do like a push up sit up test. And he'd be like, Coop, what'd you get? I'd be like 42, 32. And he'd be like, okay. And like, if someone was like and then like someone be like 42, uh, and you're like, you're lying? And then like panic. <laughs> and he's like, see me after class. Like it was like, it was like you had to be on your shit. So everyone like on the football team knew that. So everyone be like, yeah, 52, 33. And like he'd be like, okay. And like he'd just write it down. It's the easiest. Like, I mean, dude, we would do and then it was whack. Like we would be doing push-ups. And he would try and watch all of us. He'd go up and down the line. And when he'd go up, I swear to God, everyone, as soon as he's walking away, everyone would just sit there and lay there and look at him. And he'd be like, three, four. And then he'd get back up and be like, five. And like, <laughs> like, we did not do anything. But, like, at the uh, granted, like, once we became juniors and seniors, then we were like, we'd be doing extra stuff. Like, we actually give, give a shit. Right. But like, I mean, we would do some just like bullshit. Well, like, uh, this we're is not like, players. We're not doing any of that stuff. Well, here was our deal too. Like, where you know, in Texas, especially at our school, and my dad running the program. Like, if you like 
if you didn't want to be there, we didn't put you there. Yeah. And that was, that was built and it had been built for 15 years. So like, if you're the freshman that like was messing around, like, dude, like even other freshmen were calling you out and it was like, and like, here's another thing. Okay. Like I played private school ball and in, you know, in Texas, it's kind of reversed. A lot of um, states around the country, the private schools dominate because they can recruit and all this kind of stuff. In the public school, you're kind of subject to where you live. Well, it's kind of opposite in Texas because you can't recruit and the public schools have 5,000 kids in them. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm graduating class of like 90 something. Well, we would schedule public schools. Oh yeah. Season. Yeah. We were playing in our districts in the playoffs. Okay. So we would be in off season. It was mandatory summer workouts. It's called lion power. It was three times a week. It doesn't matter if you're on family vacation, like you were expected to show up. And if you weren't, yeah. gonna show up, let everybody know. Yeah. And we would have, you know, the coaches in our year saying, Hey, listen, you're about to go to Caddo mills and y'all might have 300 fans travel and there's going to be 6,000 people there. And they got way more people than you and they're better than you. Yeah. Like all of a sudden it's like, as uh, you know, people that from the outside looking in are like, whoa, chill out, you know, it's high school football. But like in our culture, dude, it was like, I'm not gonna let those jokers beat me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude, like when you're in high school, if you're if you're dedicated to it, that means the fucking world, dude. Even guys that didn't play, like we'd have kids, like that was their life. Like after high school football, like that was it. They're never gonna play football again. They never they knew they weren't, but like they would do anything for that team just because that was it. Like yeah. we did the same thing. We we were a school five eighty. My graduating class was like one hundred and seventy. That was like one of the biggest classes we've had in a while. And we were so I don't think you guys is it like eight A's the biggest down there. Six A, but six a. We, 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 one through six A public, and then separately one through five A private. So we did. We literally just did one through seven division one through seven, and one was the biggest. There was no A's, nothing, and we were D three, and in our regular season we were in the best conference in the state every school is 5,000 4,000 5,000 like we like that was all d1 so we put all d1 schools and we like one or two d2 schools and like my senior year we went to we went undefeated in the regular season and then you drop down to d3 in playoffs and it's just an ass kicking like we would we would dominate we had one game that was crazy we freaking our field our guy had a our kicker had a 51 yard field goal with no time left to move on in the second round it was crazy that's great. Every other game we won by like 35. It was it was sweet. But like, like like you said, like in high school football, if you didn't like once you become a junior and senior, you like thinking about where you were at as a freshman in high school and when you finish as a senior in college and how much maturity there is, like the stages of going from realizing, okay, I actually need to like put in time to do something when you're in high school. And then you when you see people slacking off, it's like, all right, it's like you need to step it up. And then you get into college. If you're not like that, there's no reason to even be there. Well, it's, it's crazy. Like when someone is, when you're trying to get a goal done and like whether or not you accomplish that goal is determined by how hard this guy works. Yeah. Like there is a level of accountability that comes with oh, it. Yeah. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. And no, dude, exactly what you're saying. It's the same thing in high school, same thing in college. Like it's what makes it great. Like if it was yeah. easy, it'd be what it is. Well, that's the difference also with high school and foot, uh, college football. Is like high school, you could have a couple dudes where they were dominant. And if they were dominant, your team's going to be fucking good. And, and the offense, defense, if you had like three or high, four guys on each side. High school coop. <laughs> yeah, come on. No, <laughs> come we, on. We, had, we had some fucking – on my team, we had some our, – our starting running back got injured at my senior year, and he was a freak. And he was out towards ACL, 
And we had we had a kid who's a backup quarterback come in and play running back, killed it. Our D end was playing running back who was getting like all the D1 offers. He was dominant. Like we were dude, we had some dudes and like you can get away with that in high school. Whereas yeah. like Texas is closer to college where it's like you could have some dudes, but I'm sure it's like it doesn't matter if you have a couple guys, you need a collective unit to be working towards the same goal, or it's not gonna work. And a culture, dude. Like you got like yeah. You can get people so immersed, and that, and it it can even happen at the college level, dude. Like guys that just shouldn't be out there, that yeah. just are there, and they perform at a high level just because they believe they should. Yeah, as it was like are like in any other physical test, they would underperform, but they're out there balling because like that's what they do. They're like that's a swag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like that's that's what's so cool about high school coaches is like they bring that out in kids. Like like there's kids that'll come in and won't even know that they had that talent and like a coach can move into a position and all of a sudden, boom, it clicks. Absolutely. And like, that's the cool part about like, like having a coach like that, because like, for example, I'd say my coach is very similar to like the Iowa way. Like the whole, you walked in, if you say anything, it's yes, sir. No, sir. Not, there's no questions asked. If you didn't say, excuse me. And he'd be like, (laughs) you say, yes, sir. He'd be like, Thank you. And like, that was like, that was it. That was a way. And like, it was, that's just how you learned it. And like, I never, I mean, granted, like my parents taught me that when I grew up and I, I did that with like other kids, parents, but like when you're talking to a coach, I really wasn't like, yes, sir. Until I've had that coach. And he's like, that's how it's going to be. And then like, it just ingrains in your head. It builds, like, builds men. Like, Oh, it builds character, dude. I, uh, so another time, like another example of being opposite ends of the spectrum, but like, being like success right like obviously you were at a perennial powerhouse like y'all won rings like my prep my dad was my head coach for a decade it was like not uncommon like when i was growing up you know in my dad in the field house like watching like for a player to come in and talk to my dad just ball his eyes out yeah or every player after a game to walk up and hug him yeah and just like dude whether it's like the hey like whether it's the the perspective that like, Hey, I'm going to teach you discipline and I'm going to set the standard and we're going to hold it every day yeah. or because like, that's the standard or like, I love you so much that I'm not going to allow you to become less than what you can be yeah. either. Like it's two systems that like, and I've almost got to experience both of them in just high school and college. Yeah, I'm and sure. The- yeah. It's, it's, well, that's, 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 cool, that's, that's the other cool part about like having like, like a head coach in high school, like when you're when you're in college, you are mature enough to know that like coaches are gonna yell at you, bitch at you, and like that's just a part of the game. Like in high school, a lot of kids take it really seriously, and like it bums them out. But my coach, for example, like it was one of those guys where like you worked to get his approval, and like once he realized that you were working your ass off to be dedicated to the sport, and like you would do anything for the team, it was like he when you were fr- I remember I cried when I got on the there's a lot of crying stories. I don't know why there's so many crying stories, but I cried when I was a freshman because they called it baby. I was a huge baby. Still am huge. We went to like, they called it rodent squad. It was just the scout team. I remember I was, I wanted to quit my freshman year. I was so scared of them. And I told my mom, like I was walking out of practice. I'm like, dude, playoffs are here. I get to go home done with football. And they, they called back like six people. And they're like, you guys are on rodent team for the rest of the playoffs. Arm was bawling, and my mom was like, "It's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I have to stay for another like four weeks because they're gonna make it to the freaking state championship. I know they are. It just suck." <laughs> and then like sophomore, they put me on varsity, and then like once he trusts you and respects you, it's like a completely different person. And he's like, he went from like, 
being someone I feared to being like someone I respected more than anyone besides like my dad. Like it's, well, just, it's wild. Job means so much. Like for a guy yeah. that is the standard of discipline and doesn't always give you pats on the back for him to be like, Hey, that was a great catch. Or yeah. like, hey, listen, why aren't all y'all running like coop? Like all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, I made it. Like, like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's cool. High school is the biggest, like for coaches, the biggest thing for the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. Cause those coaches who just put their heart and soul into it, like they're like legends in the town. Like everyone loves them come back. They want to see their coach. Like they want to go to alumni events, like stuff like that. And players like they, like we're talking about it right now. Like you just remember those guys the most. No doubt. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm good. I was just going to say, like, you know, a high school coach is playing with the hands he's dealt, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, you're kind of whoever's in your ISD, whoever's in your school. And, like, mm-hmm. I paid millions of dollars. Like, yeah. they are there, like, giving their heart and soul and, like, <clears throat> sacrificing time being at home, like, for you. Yeah. And I think that that's why high school coaches can snap when a 16-year-old mm-hmm. is respectful. Because oh. he's like, be here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But uh, the flip side of it, like, when you get like old enough and mature enough to realize the significance of a grown man investing in you at 16 every day. Yeah. Like, okay. There's something to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hell of a job. It's, it's a, it's definitely, it's definitely a cool rewarding job for sure. But yeah, it takes a lot to be a coach, especially for a long time. Yeah. So talk to me boys about the bowl prediction. Man, I'm, I'm hitting the, I'm hitting the over. I think there's a lot more athleticism in this game than we think. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have, I have no freaking idea. No <laughs> I'm idea. rooting I, for I, points, I, so this one's on you, Diz. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, it's going to be like – I know both teams might be slinging it. I mean, I say might with a grain of salt. I have no idea what I was going to do, especially losing their first two. Like, I don't know. I've I've – I, I have no idea what to expect. I've talked to people on the team and I'm not going to say anything. Cause I, I know, I know some inside stuff, but like, not like it's going to give away anything, but like, it's going to be very interesting. Very, yeah. very interesting. It's, it's, it's going to be different. Different. I remember like the first day, like, uh, that this comes out, like you know, I get back on campus and like, you know, I walk in the facility and someone's like, so what do you know about these guys? <laughs> Like, sure. well, I actually have a few snaps under my belly. These guys, yeah. <laughs> I know them too well, dude. That's the tough part is like you do know a lot of shit, a lot of shit. We'll see, dude. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good time. And I like the best part of it is gonna be Higgins was like, he's like, hey, we gotta get like a jersey swap after. I'm like, that'd be dope. Like jersey, awesome. sick, dude. I mean, shit. It's gonna be what him, like Craig. Um, you talking about guys in my class? Yeah, Vanette. Vanette, yeah. Ellsbury. Half the freaking guys are me on the field. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Boogie Williams. Yeah. Boogs. That's wild. What about you? Wait, what are you what are you thinking? About the bowl game? Yeah. Oh shit, Forrest. I didn't realize it's 720. No, 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 I'm fine. Well, it's 620 here. Oh, you'll leave at 645. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Oh, sweet. Cool. My phone is at four percent, boys. All right, last last question for you. What have you learned from – what was it like with Will Levis? I mean, he's going to be a millionaire in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. 
what was it like uh, being behind him this year and learning from him? Man, it was awesome. It was fun to watch. Uh, uh, different than Spence. Um, you know, Spence is like, you know, the Cali guy, like biggest personality in the room. Uh, Will's from Connecticut, so he's a little more reserved, a little more serious. Uh, but, dude, like as soon as, like, you get to, like, I mean, it's, it's time, bro. Time builds relationships. So, like, you get with them, watch a little bit of tape with them, start hanging with them, and Will's the man, dude. Like, he's a pro in every aspect. Like, the way that he prepares, the way that he – like he, he, I mean, he makes sure to be presentable every time he goes somewhere. He makes sure to stand up tall. He's he's a pro, dude. And like, that's you know the man that he is. I would draft, you know, aside from his ability, you know, the best arm I've ever been around, hands down. The dude has a cannon. Like it is the freakiest really? thing. Oh yeah, it's not even comparable. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And like, uh, you know, being in my shoes where you're kind of working in out of the backup role and you're trying to chase something like that's a pretty good like dipping stick to be able to test yourself next to every day. Like, Hey, yeah. like, if, Hey, if he goes three for four and seven on seven and I go four for four, like, should I be drafted before him? <laughs> that's the kind of stuff yeah. that, like say, like to mess with really? No, really, really great dude. Pro in every aspect. And like, like another big brother figure to me. Yeah. That's hot. Definitely. Yeah. That's sweet. All right. Well, we'll let you run deuce. Thanks for coming on, man. Good luck in the bowl game and score some points out there. Appreciate you, boys. Absolutely, Disky. Always great to see you, brother. Yes, sir.